Hello there, you're listening to Context, giving you a biblical perspective on issues of race, inequality, gender, abortion, culture, and so much more with Timba Lamini. And my lovely brothers in, in Pretoria, and um, who invited me, funny enough, during my year of life here for a party in um, in Mainland Restaurant. And I was so excited. Hey, I'm invited to the party. Hey, man, I'm going, and I'm going there. My friends are hoing it in Africans, and they are so excited. And we get to Mainland, we eat, and I enjoy my chicken schnitzel. And the waiter comes at the end and says, who ordered chicken schnitzel? Hello and welcome to Context. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this is your first time here, thank you for taking time out to join us. Can I have both Christ and my culture? Can culture and Christ have equal weight in my life? If not, where do I draw the line? Can I honor my deceased loved ones by buying a tombstone, for example? When does it cross over to ancestral worship? Is ancestral worship wrong to begin with? Those are some of the questions we will be discussing with our next guest. Today, we are doing things slightly differently. As many have asked us that we put the entire podcast on YouTube. So that means today I won't be doing any summaries of the podcast, but we will dive straight into viewing the podcast. Let's see how that goes. And I know that we have a load shedding and so on and some of you may be struggling with data and the, or you don't have the time to view the whole podcast you can watch snippets of it or I would suggest that you watch snippets of it and come back to watch the whole production piecemeal otherwise you're still welcome and I do encourage you to click on the link below and listen to the podcast on your drive to work run in the gym or whatever other chores you feel you may want to do without any further ado let's dive into the content of today our guest for today is Sile Domine, a pastor at Hatfield Christian Church who also happens to be my half-brother who is well endowed with a lot of African cultural knowledge over and above his biblical knowledge. An interesting thing about Sile is that he is married to a beautiful lady by the name of Leticia who is an Afrikaans-speaking colored lady and they are blessed with three beautiful children with one on the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I know you're doing your bit to make sure that we, you, you become fruitful and multiply, as the Bible would say. Without any further delay, let's listen to the clip of you preaching on diversity and dive straight into our discussion. And my lovely brothers in, in Pretoria, and um, who invited me, funny enough, during my year of life here for a party in, um, in Mainland Restaurant. And I was so excited. Hey, I'm invited to the party. Hey, man, I'm going, and I'm going there. My friends are hoing it in Africans, and they are so excited. And we get to Mainland, we eat, and I enjoy my chicken schnitzel. And the waiter comes at the end and says, who ordered chicken schnitzel? And I say, I don't even look around. In my culture, you invite me, you pay. And then so I'm relaxed. I'm with my friend. And then so he, come, he comes in there and then he begins to tick that sleep one by one. They are doing a research. I'm going like, oh. And then it gets closer to me and I'm like, and then my friend, Flip Vessel, I hope you are watching in New Zealand. And then he goes, I've got this. 
And then I said to him, of course, you're from KZN. Now, take us through that moment of you realizing that suddenly you had to pay and just a few things or learnings that you, you took out from that moment. Oh, well, uh, greetings to your listeners. Yes, I remember that day very well, a um, couple of years ago. And it was a, truly a culture shock because here I am, a Zulu guy, uh, who has mastered the courage of leaving the province and you are now in a different uh, province and then you get invited to a party you know so firstly I was very excited to be invited to a party you feel included you feel you are being part of something and uh, you're going to experience um, people uh, um, uh, you know in their context you know right. and then as I get there and uh, I decided that I'm going to choose uh, a meal I've never eaten before. And I see, so what's that? It's chicken schnitzel. I'm like, wow, okay, I'm going to try that one. Mm. And then obviously with my mango juice, and thank you for bringing it here. <laughs> it made me feel at home. And then so there's that sense of being included that uh, brings so much um, a joy because I think part of diversity uh, that helps people feel uh, at ease with one another is when they are allowed to be, right. you know, in a different cultural environment. But for me, when the the, the unspoken reality uh, was that um, they assumed I understood the culture, mm. and so they just it was not a problem for them. But for me, it was a shock because you know the story. You get invited elsewhere. And uh, you go there, you know, you can bring a gift if you want to, but it's out of your volition. It's not something that you have to. You are already a gift by and being there as a person. Absolutely. And, and bringing something sometimes can also be perceived as yeah. as in bad taste. You yeah. know, did you think we can't feed you? Why are you bringing that for us to, you know? Yeah, sort of. Yeah, something li like that. So, so, so those were the um, emotions that I was kind of like going through. I was like, wow, this... This is great, man. Imagine the whole of South Africa had this attitude, you know, inviting, you know, one another into each other's space, you know. And, you know, so I just began to imagine that. But as we were getting to um, enjoy the party and then coming to an end, the, part, the, the, the reality hit when the waiter comes in now and check and do some survey who did not pay for this and it's me and I've got, <laughs> I've got like wow I've got my 10 rands here and I did not even the end think. of the world is coming exactly. sooner than you so, thought <laughs> so now I'm stressing now because yes. I know that um, if you don't have the money it's either you have to leave your phone you have to uh, you have to maybe do something, man, to pay, you know, mm -hmm. wash the dishes. I'm kind of like starting to think, okay, I'm going to be washing dishes. You know, all of these things are going in. It's at that time that Philip, uh, Philip Vessel says to me, I'm Munewarini, I've got this. And then right there, I was like, oh, I can breathe again. <laughs> Somebody's got my back here, you know. Yeah, so th 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 that was my experience. Sure. And I guess in hindsight, it's a beautiful thing. But in the moment, it's not such a great thing in a sense that, um, you know, um, the embarrassment and the potential humiliation can come out of just 
a small thing of cultural mis- misalignment. And I think it is in many ways a byproduct of diversity. So we come into the space understanding that God is a God of diversity. And the mm. very reason that you are amongst, say, people of a different race to you was precisely because of the dictates of the gospel where mm. Christ actually infuses in us a spirit of togetherness that all those who are in him mm. have now become one. Mm. But inadvertently, what that creates, it creates a situation where now there is an element of I need to come to the space, but also I need to be culturally agile or have some form of sensitivity. Absolutely. Some cultural sensitivity to be able to respond in that in that way. And I think the next natural question then is that when we are together in our spaces and we appreciate that we come from different backgrounds. Now, does the Bible say when you are becoming a Christian, there are certain elements of your culture that you need to lay aside, for instance? Um, yeah, well, firstly, maybe from you asked earlier on, what did I learn? Mm. Um, what was the learning that I made? Um, well, the good thing is it started a conversation. Sure. And my friends uh, and few others, suddenly we could start to get to know each other more, Hmm. um, just engaging around that experience. Then I learned um, that when I'm invited next time, I'm going to ask the question, what do I bring here? Sure. But uh, they also know that when they come into my space, it's optional. I'm going to provide everything. And then they go like, wow, you know. Um, uh, so it, it, in that sense, it is it was mutually beneficial, sure. you know, and therefore we could begin to to grow. Now, talking about certain aspects of culture uh, that biblically uh, we are mandated to say no to, it's important to to, to recognize that every there is no culture that is perfect. Right. They, uh, every cu- culture has um, kind of like strong points, weak points, sure. good and bad. And therefore, um, when the gospel comes, it comes to redeem, sure. you know, um, some good, uh, uh, um, what you call it, um, biblical, uh, some good values, if I may put it that right, way. Right. Such as Ubuntu, for instance, yes. you know, it's, you, you don't want to be, you don't want to, the, the Bible has no command that says, oh, well, now that you are a Christian and then reject Ubuntu. Ubuntu sure. is an African value system that for me aligns even with the Ten Commandments. It yeah. doesn't say you you must have gods. It doesn't say you must steal. It doesn't say kill, but it just promotes the values of compassion and sure. being there for, uh, for one another. Um, as a community, but they are things like um, that we call cultural antics. You know, those are things that um, do not really pertain to the rest of the the culture, but maybe certain people within that group uh, do those things um, and um, that may be uh, harmful, you know, maybe to, to others. Those are things that we actually have to say no to relationship is God created, marriage mm. is beautiful, yeah. but of forcefully taking a, ra- a lady to marry you against her will, well, the Bible is actually against um, sure. that. You know, mm. Um, mm. There are, there's many examples that we can um, uh, speak um, 
uh, in terms of the things in the culture that are evil that um, um, that, that uh, clearly we have to exercise discernment right. you know, and then take what is good and then what is not good in a sense um, um, leave it out absolutely and and I think yeah and I love when I love it when you mention uh, Ubuntu for instance because in many ways when you look at Ubuntu it's so as you, as you as you correctly pointed out that it, it's like the Ten Commandments not that it is the Ten Commandments but it mm. has the same spirit mm. in terms of valuing other people where mm. you say I am because you are in other mm. words umuntung, umuntung, abantu. Yes. so without other people I cannot be mm. and so then I- embedded in that is the whole concept or notion that I need to love you as I love myself because mm. if I don't love you, I hate myself because mm. I am because you are. Mm. If you are not, then I'm not. Mm. And so, embedded in that, it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a fundamental aspect of, of of what we believe as believers. And what would you say is the thing that went wrong? Because I do know the pendulum has been swung in in either direction. There's a, there's a, there's the one direction of saying, you know, you get born again right now you know, throw away the dress code that you are wearing. You know, start wearing a suit and tie. Mm. If you're not wearing a tie, <laughs> you're, you're not a believer, yeah. you know, and you can't even go to church and, and, and not wear a tie. And suddenly, things that have got nothing to do with the Bi- what the Bible say now are completely discarded. Now, what would you say went wrong, you know, or is, is even the term went wrong? Maybe in large part inappropriate because we can say some things are still going wrong, Mm. you know, because, you know, whilst we engage on this topic, a lot of people look down on certain things that black people would do and vice versa, you know, or white people would do on the basis of, 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 of what scripture dictates. But in actual fact, the truth of the matter is most of these cultural things are not things that the Bible says anything about. And I think the question then is, where do we draw the distinction? You know, where did we go wrong? Did we swing it too far and reject things that the scripture was not rejecting, especially as it relates to African culture? Hmm. Wow. Um, well, the scripture in Romans, uh, Romans 12, hmm. is very clear that being born again, being a believer, being saved, is not a removal of mind, but a renewal of mind. Sure, sure. So that's why we mm, miss it uh, mm. sometimes, that um, we sometimes uh, don't discern, we just use the heart and we go with the flow, sure. but we really do not uh, pause and question certain uh, practices, and then uh, that flows from a particular value and be in a space of uh, making a decision for ourselves because culture is not static culture is something that is progressive sure. and um and, and and then therefore because of because of that reality being dynamic uh, there are things that become irrelevant that we in a sense need to even leave behind sure. you know um as we go on and as we learn to live or do life in our context where we uh, we find ourselves so sure. i think uh, the short answer in, into that is, you see, it's um, we are called to love God with our all, 
with our heart, with our minds, yeah. and with our everything. Sure. But oftentimes, I think we do ourselves injustice when we don't really apply our minds on certain things. And therefore, somebody else can just come and manipulate you mm. into doing uh, something in the name of this is what the Lord has said. But sure. actually, uh, this thing does not really connect to, to the word of God, to what um, um, the Bible says, sure. you know, uh, about life. So that that's a key thing that mm. um, we tend to underplay uh the the beauty of using our mind to to love god with our minds by thinking on um uh, the practices that comes from the culture and then be able to decide this is relevant this is no longer uh, applicable in our day and age and then then we're able to move forward let me give you an example mm -hmm. you and me are, are from um the the zulu culture Right, and then we know that when a child uh, back in the days before the missionaries came, before the colonizers came, um, people were just doing an agrarian life, mm, mm. and then taking care of the flock, taking care of the land, and stuff like that. So when a child is born, then the the a goat or a sheep will be slaughtered mm. to get the skin um, that will be used. Uh, to abba the baby in Belek, yes, so to yes, speak. Yes, yes, yeah. Now, now um, that was in those days relevant because um, that's what people would use to actually uh, put their, the baby on their backs. They would use uh, that skin. Mm -hmm. But as time goes on, uh, and then people failing to ask the question, why do we do this thing in Belek right now? Sure. If we've got the prams now, if we've got... Uh, whatever warm material that will make a child even comfortable. Sure. Um, why don't we just kind of like pause and think on that, that it had nothing to do with spiritual ancestral worship as sure. other people make it now. Mm. So so it, 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 there was a purpose at that time to say, we want to keep the child warm and then mm. cushioned nicely. And then for that, let's use this uh, material. In our day and age, um, I don't need that, you mm. know, um, I don't need that, you know, so, so because there are better things, culture has moved, you know, so we, we, we kind of like stop uh, thinking, you know, and then just completely go hyper spiritual sure, sure. and then therefore miss the whole uh, point. So that's a very long answer to a very short <laughs> No, 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 that's, that's, no that, that's brilliant. I'm enjoying yeah. it. And, yeah. you know, and, and you're mentioning ancestors, you mm. know, and so... The question is then the way you're phrasing it, you're phrasing that the, the culture, the, the practice was born out of necessity. Yes. You needed to, to be able to carry the child. And so mm. so that we are able to carry the child. And so yeah. the, the hide of a goat, you mm. know, was, was the best thing. It was mm. a, a goat is small enough mm. and you can use it as, 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 mm. as, a, as, a, as a baby carrier, as mm. it were. Mm. Now, what obviously happened in between there is that somebody said, hey, let's also do this as a way to appease ancestors. Mm. And it became intertwined with ancestral worship. And so even past the practice of us needing imbelego, because now we have other means of carrying the baby or other forms of baby carry, carrying materials like prams, as you've me mentioned. Now, there's an element of ancestral worship. 
And I think that's the big elephant in the room. <laughs> you know, yeah, um, yes. of of the ancestral worship aspect of things. Of now, I mean, why 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 make mention of the fact that now there's ancestral worship? Why can't we just allow ancestral worship as part and parcel and accept it as part of our culture? Um, well, to those who believe, we are clear. Uh, from the word of God in John 14 six, uh, verse 6 Jesus says I am the way sure. and then I am the truth and I am the life. He's saying uh, if you really want to connect with God mm. you must notice that directly after that statement in verse 7 and 8 he's then going to talk about God as a father. Sure. He says no one comes to God the father except through me. Sure. So so he is um, then making a very big claim there that he is only the way. In fact, in Greek, um, it's the, the 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 word way does not only refer to the road. Yes, right. it, it includes the road, but it also means a guide. So as you walk this road, I am your guide. Sure. I am leading you to God. Uh, the father sure because we need the father to know who we are mm. so when the father is not there to validate and identify us then we lose a sense of significance sure and therefore in an african context and perhaps uh, in other animistic world um it, it manifests itself uh, differently but in our context um it's um also driven by a belief that uh, the deceased are closer now to God sure. and therefore being closer to God, talking about proximity now, being closer to God makes it uh, in a way um, easy for them to feel well represented. Why? Sure. Because they once lived, they've experienced the harshness of this life and therefore they can do a better intercession. Mm. That is what drives that reality. Now, worship of forefathers, okay, four we are talking about in terms of meaning now, before. Yeah, so yeah. these are the fathers who have gone before us. Yeah. The function of the father, even by God's design, was is to reflect the, the, uh, the God as a father. Mm, you mm. know, we have the Holy Spirit uh, reflecting God as a mother to us, and that's wonderful. There's an element where Jesus uh, says, if we... If we, in a sense, do what he commands us, we are his friends. There's sure. an element of friendship that uh, we can also experience. But we want to zero in here um, in terms of the forefather. So so because the, the father is supposed to represent that part, mm. you know, of a, like God as a father, even in the home and protect, provide and do all of those things. And, 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 and there's then a belief that, you know, if we speak to our forefathers and then they are able to connect with God and then they are able to actually usher in uh, the solutions that we need to deal with the problems, um, kind of like um, um, uh, issues of luck and issues of, you know, just protection. You know, sure. the, 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 um, my heart actually breaks when I see that happens because it's not something that people say, Oh, I just want to 
kind of like do this or get victimized like we see in our schools mm, mm. Um, uh, during this time where kids are kind of like battling to concentrate at school because they are battling to interpret the whole um, ancestor call type of a, sure. a, a, a worship uh, thing. So things get lost there because um, uh, people are, are in a way wanting, it's a cry within to connect with God. Mm -hmm. And then so in the absence of us uh, Christians going out, as the scripture says, how can they know unless somebody tells them, unless sure. somebody tells them that the Lord loves them, is already provided the way for them sure. to come to him. Mm. Then anything can uh, uh, goes. I can just come and say, drink this water or do this and do that. And then as we see uh, those appalling uh, things that those that call themselves spiritual leaders, whether uh, you name them, whether pastors or sangomas or zinyanga, are kind of like making people do all these atrocious things because they're trying to help them interpret the, uh, you know, the spiritual matters into their context um, yeah. uh, 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 where they are at. And then so, um, um, yeah, so the Bible is very clear, uh, number one, that uh, Jesus is the only way to God sure. the Father. And um, and then therefore he came to introduce us to God. His function, he came to reveal uh, God. He says, if you have seen me, you have seen God, sure. the Father. So he comes to introduce us to the Father who can now help us know who we are sure. um, in, a, in, a, in a sense. Yeah. Sure. No, that's mm. good. Mm. That's good. And so I think then the question is then, again, I'm trying to find and draw distinctions because, again, there's always, I keep getting the sense that there's always the risk of throwing the baby with the bath water. Yeah. There's always we're struggling with balance. We're struggling with remaining in the in the in the in the in, in the guide rails, mm -hmm. as it were. As you mentioned, that Jesus is like a guide. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we obviously fall on either side of, of things in a way that is unhelpful, that is extreme, that seems to throw away things that are even useful. If you know what I mean, like things that are necessary for us to to progress and serve and glorify God. Now, when we talk about forefathers, you say they have gone before. Mm. Now, is it okay for us to then make tombstones, for example, to have moments where we remember and we remember our our forefathers? You know what they did and how they did it and all that kind of stuff. And when do we draw that? Where do we draw the line? Is there a line that we need to be careful of? You know, because I am away. Where suddenly it's like anything. If you mention, like the Bible will talk about Jesus is is David's son. When you look at the lineage of of, of Christ and so on. And so there is that memory that continues from generation to generation and so on. And in the that can be read either direction can be read to say look the bible endorses ancestral worship look you know it refers to what the forefathers of scripture did and so on and so why then do we discard our ancestors or it can also be read into saying hey you know the fact that the forefathers are honored you know in the bible there is room to honor the forefathers without worshiping them Mm. And so my question then is, where do we draw the line? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, it will be very much wrong to demonize 
um, our culture in a sense of um, um, kind of like uh, throwing out, as you were saying. It's almost like you eat the bread with the plastic. Yes. And then uh, you see... We have to take <laughs> the, the bread. bread the yes, we have to take the bread out <laughs> yeah. and eat of it because if we if we eat the plastic, uh, it will make us sick in our system. Like we are battling now with these sure. things because we don't know how to actually discern and then dissect things uh, uh, properly. Now, um, the as I've said earlier we learn good things and then there are also bad things people mm. are not perfect so we've got to find a way to redeem the good things sure when it comes into uh, like um, uh, uh, putting up tombstone there's I don't see anything personally wrong with that mm. because you are actually you want to honor someone else's legacy. Sure. You know, but they are also not so nice or good things um, that a person would, would, would embody. So we want to actually clearly draw the line and then say, no, this is not the, the, the values that we actually continuing with. Mm. We are leaving this and then we are taking this. So we want to emphasize the good things that we, ce we, we celebrate about the sure. person. But I think the reason we kind of like get rid of everything is because, again, of hyper-spirituality. Sure. Where we are so obsessed with uh, generational curses mm, mm. that we forget that there are also generational blessings. Sure. So when we are, or we want to, for instance, put a tombstone, uh, part of that is actually uh, celebrating the generational blessings that... Uh, came to us through the sacrifice and the life of this person. Sure. But what God is really against um, is really, uh, or rather, God is not really against the whole thing of um, remembering them. What he, like Shirley Caesar says, I, I remember mom in a happy way. Sure. Um, uh, the happy way includes that I'm not going to worship, I'm not going to interact with them. The, the 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 spirits you mm. know um, yes. of the dead pe people supposing that they will now bless me or suddenly they are um, um uh, they are kind of like god's friends and whatsoever they they they're going to now bless me and whatsoever now that's the part that we have to draw the line sure. on and say uh, the spiritual aspect of it uh, we 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 kind of like leave that one uh, behind Mandela is gone now mm, but yeah. we all remember his sacrifice and then next month we're going to be having Mandela Day in our church Mandela Day uh, on Mandela Day we reach out to communities we take um, uh, food parcels and then and then we just say happy Mandela Day mm. um, uh, we want to give you this gift gift of uh, Mandela uh, to, to celebrate Mandela Day, but also to remind you through this gift that Jesus loves you. God loves you so much. He gave you, he gave us his one and only son so that whoever believes should not perish, but have eternal life. That eternal life can only come through Jesus Christ. As mm -hmm. I've said, John 14 verse 6, um, Jesus is the way uh, through which we can access that um, eternal life. So we learn good we let go of the the mistakes that um, um, uh, 
perhaps comes uh, with our history and then we redeem what is good. We learn from the mistakes, we redeem what is good uh, without bowing down and then and then asking the deceased auntie or uncle to now uh, go and um, and then and mediate on my behalf before God sure. uh, because that now we uh, invalidate the work of Jesus. Mm. When we do, when we bow down to ancestors, we are actually saying to God, what he did for us through Jesus Christ is not enough. Sure. So God, you need some reinforcement some, yep, here. Some help. Some help mm. here. So it's an insult to God who gave his one and the only son. And then to, to for us to say there are other ways, therefore, to uh, to God the Father. Um, it's an insult to God. You know, it's an insult to God. So, yeah, maybe to pause here. Sure, I think it was helpful. And I think because mm. one of the, the risks, if you don't have the reason why, and I guess it was quite helpful that you use the illustration that you can't eat bread with plastic. Yeah. And so oftentimes when you look at culture and anything else that we do for that matter, it mm. is dangerous to look at the action for the action's sake. Yes. Yeah. You know, and not look for the reason behind the action. So yes. you don't look at the plastic and just yeah. out of context and just look at the, the plastic, but you look at the plastic in relation to it protecting the bread yeah. from being stale. Yeah. You know, because oftentimes if you don't have the correct perspective, you're like, okay, where, you, you know, these guys say I must do this, but I can't do this. But then there's an element of them like just doing more. Um, there's an element of them uh, contradicting themselves, mm. you know, in a sense that they are not drawing the distinction. But no, you eating of that bread. Why can't I eat? But you're saying, no, we are not saying don't eat that bread. <laughs> yes. We are saying don't eat that bread with the with, plastic. Absolutely. You know, and if you can't tell that difference, then you have a problem. And I think that is something that I think a lot of Christians are wrestling with. We have the issue where on the extreme end, you had the missionaries come in and God bless the work that they did, but they were unable also to, to, dis to distinguish between the plastic of their culture. Mm. And they made the plastic Mm. And I'm gonna run with this yes. with this analogy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I'm gonna wear it thin mm. and wear it, wear it until it's we wears out, until <laughs> yes. we 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 on the rim of it. But mm. hey, the thing is, they then came with the a plastic yeah. of of Eurocentrism, mm. and they said that was Christian, mm. because again, it is also possible for me when I espouse Scripture and so many things that I've interpreted out of Scripture that I end up not being able to distinguish something that is just something that is cultural and something that is that is that is that is that is biblical and mm. i think maybe you know you can help us um help us unpack some of the things that were unhelpfully communicated as part of evangelism mm. where people's cultures was completely annihilated and i loved what you said earlier on when you said romans 12 mm. romans 12 verse 1 it does not say you know um you, you for the, the 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 removal of your mind mm. but it says the renewing of your mind in it's, other words it. don't chuck your mind away mm. and i guess mm. also part of your mind is your institutional memory which is part of who you are mm. you know if mm. you would forget mm. everything you would forget mm. that you are see here who is a husband mm. of Letitia. and so you cannot really function it's almost like you are 
you are suspended in no man's land. You are suspended yeah. in air. And that's the whole crux of this thing of, of culture, that you can't completely divorce who you are. You can't divorce institutional memory. The mm. only difference is some of that institutional memory needs transformation. Mm. But some of it is as innocuous and necessary like mm. the ground with which you stand on. Mm. And so where were there some inappropriate, not, I want to say overzealous, but I want to say areas where the gospel in South Africa has completely thrown the baby with the bathwater or where certain practices have got nothing to do with Christianity have displaced African culture to the obvious, to the obvious dismay of, a, of many who say, no, this thing is not a, a gospel that I can relate to. This thing is white. This is a white gospel. Mm, mm. My grandmother's uh, priest in KZN Mm. was uh, nicknamed Mabinga. And then I once asked my grandmother, why would you call, to this day, I don't know uh, the name of this priest. People loved him. Right. And as you know, in the culture, when people love you, they actually even give you a nickname, you sure. know. It's like, you know. So they gave him a nickname. And then I, I said, why Mabinga? Mm. You know, you know, right. in that whole region of Eko, Populwa, Donibruk, all those areas. That was uh, the space where he would have spent a lot of his time. Mm. Um, you know, um, I don't know whether it's in the uh, late uh, 40s or even before that. But I then hear my grandmother say, well, we called him Mabinga because when they came in the, like towards the end of the 1800s, mm -hmm. they were telling us the... Zulu men and women to actually take our natural clothing, traditional clothing, and then put in those long shirts in the sure. data, so to speak. Mm. Therefore, he was saying, Bingani, clothe yourself, because it looked as though they were not, you know, not, uh, not wearing anything. It did yep. not meet the, the, the European standard of, you know, uh, uh, dressing Correct. up, you know, and mm. then so. So um, I think uh, it's just a, an example to say the approach of firstly saying civilize, then be a Christian sure. after, um, is, the, is, the, is, the, is responsible for the distortion where people feel that in Paul's day, to be a good Christian, I must first be a Jew. Sure. You know, and then from time to time we do that to be, if you are in Limpopo, certain part of the South Africa, northern part of the South Africa, um, if you want to be a Christian and then we filter sometimes it's through the culture and says you have to then dress this way sure. or you dress the, this way, then um, that comes from that mindset of let's civilize them first sure. before they can actually become Christian. Instead sure. of first and foremost, tell them about Christ, mm. they receive Christ, and then as they interact with Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, then you are able to do what we do today. I've got uh, a phone here with me. Mm, right. uh, you also have a phone that you use for communication, but sure. for this phone to remain relevant and active, useful to you, what do you have to do? You have to update it regularly. Sure. That's so right. we don't do that with our mind. We sure. do that with our phones. Sure. You know, we update it so that it can function optimally 
And you understand, but when it comes to our mind, we then uh, again fail to do the update now to say uh, there is a new operating system sure. here. Yeah, and good. then uh, let's actually uh, um, uh, 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 take it in so that we can continue to be relevant, if I may um, use that one. So that is foundationally um, the, the, the paradigm that says, firstly, let's civilize them. Mm. Um, and then later on, it created so much of a problem. Look what happens amongst the Khosas and the Zulus. If you come to Amazulu, you have Amabeshu. Right. Those are seen to be traditional and conservative. Then you, you've got Amakol, what the believers. The believers dress the certain way, Amabeshu. They still kind of like at ease to, to wear the tra traditional stuff when we... As Christians, we only do that on Heritage Day. And then after that, you know, it's like, uh, we're fine. You know, sure, you move sure. on. Um, um, that, we're still even struggling with it today. Sure. Uh, because there's an element where I say, firstly, be like me. Sure. And then before then, you can be a better Christian. Instead right. of referring people to, to Christ. I don't want to get... Uh, lost into, uh, uh, you know, Pauline's uh, uh, theology of follow me as I follow Christ. They, I, I'm, not, I'm not going to zero much into that. But the, the, the key now is to really, uh, on our part, to encourage people to look a, at Christ. And then, as Jesus is working with you, mm. he knows what updates do you need right sure, now. That's good. In terms of how to treat other people, in terms of how to love yourself in a proper way. And then, um, then you become a better person. It's called in theology sanctification. Sure. You are updating your mind because as a person thinks, so he will be, so yeah. he will behave, um, so to speak. And and then so those were the errors that were 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 done. So personally, I already indicated that a marriage in a cross uh, cultural. Uh, marriage, you know, um, we bless with, with the kids. So what I do in my family is when we go to KZN, I, I select places to go to. I want to visit museums. I want to show my children how a Zulu hut look like. But then I go an extra mile to explain even to my wife to say um, to say to her, go through um, uh, this hut, you know, and then I watch her bending because of the size of the door of the heart. Sure. And then she goes in. Then, uh, then we have a conversation that, do you now understand why uh, I'm going to speak for, uh, because I'm, I'm a Zulu person, and then uh, I know at least amongst the Zulu culture that women would kneel. Sure. But initially, I would say to my girls, and, um, and obviously Joshua is still small, and my wife, they were kneeling, dressed in a traditional way, out of self-respect, because if you serve the elders uh, on that traditional tray, then uh, there is no chairs, and then they are sitting, um, you know, on a grass mat this side and this side. Uh, male uh, male figures are seated on like uh, it's not like it's kind of like a half chair, you know. In terms, mm -hmm. not like it's piggy. So it's piggy. That's it. Yeah. Right. So yeah. out of self-respect, she will the girl would then kneel. Firstly, because the door is short. Right. And then secondly, out of self-respect, I don't want to expose myself in a funny way. So a young girl at the time was not uh, kneeling down because um, he, he, she was merely. 
uh, it was just a culture to do that and then in front of the elders there was a reality which has now changed the door sizes look at this house where we are at right now there's no need to bend down sure there is no need to bow down um uh, to put um, the food on the floor. There are coffee tables, there are dining tables and stuff like that. Correct. So what's the point? So then I will take them through that. But without demeaning our brothers and sisters who are still kneeling today, when I ask them why they do that, for them they've redeemed it to mean respect. Sure. You know. But I say to my kids, don't kneel while you're saving me tea because you might trip and fall and then you might bend. So sure. I want to protect you. In that, so we have to constantly do the updates of mm. our mind, you know, sure. um, uh, and question ourselves: Why are we doing this thing? Why was it done? Because there was a reason in time for doing what was being done, and uh, perhaps now there is no need to be able to do that. You need to find ways how to then live and acclimatize in a new reality where we find ourselves uh, in. Once again, the Holy Spirit, Jesus through the Holy Spirit. He is the way, he is, he is the, the, the truth, he is our life. He shows us how to navigate sure. um, yep. Uh, yep. these spaces. Therefore, we can be uh, uh, relevant. So, so those were some of the, 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 the issues that um, left even a division amongst the, 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 the people. You know, uh, Amapeshu, you know, your conservatives who do not, traditionals. Uh, who do not uh, even go to church. Sure. That's a stigma. And they cite the believers, these are the churchgoers, and then they dress a certain way and, 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 and stuff like that. So I'm just thinking of that thing first, that it should not be our approach today to, to say, firstly, change your life. Sure. We do that. Firstly, change before you can come to 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 cross no come as you are sure you will not respect remain as you are Amen. you know i yep. watch a, a guy trying to put off the cigarette and put his hand behind and then um i said no 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 i'm not god uh, i'm not god if you feel guilty about that um, you 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 have to reserve that part for god that honor for god and um, i'm trying to welcome this person as it is but knowing that once this person encountered the unconditional love of God, sure. it's the Holy Spirit will begin to, through the weight, of course, help him do the updates to say, this is not good for your system. Be a good steward of your body. Be a good, uh, a responsible or devoted citizen, as Reverend Matibula writes. Sure. And then who, uh, you know, live an active, responsible um, uh, life. So... Um, yeah, so I just kind of like uh, we can dissect this in different angles, but um, it's a mentality that needs to, to shift. We present the gospel, the good news to people and let people decide to receive it or not. But when you receive it in whatever condition you are in, it's difficult. It's impossible to remain uh, the same provided sure. you are a... Um, engaged in your relationship with the Lord. Sure, yeah. mm. sure that's powerful. Um, I'm getting the chills. Um, you know, and I love that you use the illustration or the analogy of, of the phone. Mm. You know, that you come as a phone, but you'll get the software upgrade as you, as you tag along. Mm. And I think then in many ways, especially as it relates to culture and on both directions, and, I, and I've been trying to, to have, for us to have this discussion in a very balanced way, where we look at both sides, whether it is on the side of when you do certain cultural things, you have forgotten why. Mm. 
you are doing those things. Why do people kind of bend at the door? Why do you kneel? You know, it's It's not the same as a stool. And so to kneel in a context of a stool, it's not serving the purpose. And I guess the losing sight of the purpose is always a problem. And the other, on the other hand, on the gospel side, that you do certain things the way we did worship, you know, the mm. way, you know, we sang in this particular way, the way, you know, where we come from, we only played the keyboard, you know. Mm. The, have you pondered to think, actually, the reason we played the keyboard was because nobody could play the drums or we didn't have the drums or we didn't mm. have another instrument. And so even the way we express our worship starts to take a formulaic approach that is not contextualized for the environment and so and then what we do we christianize our way of doing things mm. and i think that has been something that has been very evident within the south african the south african context but i want to get into now how does jesus christ give us a new software you know what are the benefits of of us allowing christ you know to actually reign supreme in helping us do culture or do life well, or maybe even if you if you feel so led, you know, uh, be a Jew to the Jews, a Greek to the Greeks, or whatnot. But what are the benefits of 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 allowing Christ to transform our culture? Well, um, he gives you the perspective to see beyond what meets the eye. Sure, you see those around you for who they are as valuable, uh, kind of like uh, valuable human beings, sure. you know, to be treated with dignity. Someone once said, the way I think about God, uh, the way I treat people is reflective of how I think about God, sure. or think and feel about God. I wish I can remember the first person I heard say that, but it was a while ago. And then so Jesus Christ, who is so compassionate and loving, towards the people. Matthew 9 talks about a, a scene where Jesus looked at the people and the Bible says his heart was broken. Sure. You know, he was moved with compassion because mm. he saw that um, they were like a she uh, uh, like sheep without a shepherd. Now, sure. a, shepherd uh, a shepherd speaks of direction. Sure. He walks up in front, he provides leadership, he provides direction. And then Jesus looked at that and then he is moved with compassion. The very same compassion is what we receive from him. You know, compassion unlike, um, is related to empathy. You see, empathy, in a, in a sense, uh, is it, I'm able to get into somebody else's shoe sure. and perhaps have a taste and feel what they are going through. But compassion goes a step further of like, but how can I help? You know, sure, we sure. take that posture of uh, not just uh, feeling that sense of compassion or sorry for people, but then like Jesus, we engage with them with where they are. And um, we, 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 we not in a, a kind of like a top-down approach, but in like we are conversing right now, you know, non-judgmentally so, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, showing unconditional, uh, in a sense, acceptance and embracing, you know, I love you, sure. you know, for, for you. Yes, you might be struggling with this habit, you might be struggling with this and this, but the same love that is in God propels and compels me to love this person 
in 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 front of me so sure. so so that is what um a, among other things you know we learn from uh, jesus we learn uh, how to come uh, with a servant mindset sure, you know sure. not a top down approach as i've just said to come uh, with a pointing finger being judgmental because we know that when we move in kindness in compassion it's that very thing that actually creates an environment where people feel like, who am I to be loved this way? Sure. And then suddenly they are in conversation with themselves. Who am I? Those inner conversations, who am I? Because I've been treated with kindness, with love, are the conversations that the Holy Spirit begins to, to, to engage in, you know, reminding this person of their dignity and their worth. In the process, they are getting ready to say, why can't I just give my life and my all to the one who loves sure. me without having done uh, anything to qualify? Because if you go into certain cultures, obviously you need to uh, follow certain uh, rules, do certain things because you are in in that culture. We loved my friends uh, uh, when we were in Thailand a couple of years ago. And uh, even to go to a cinema, uh, we read a sign that um, uh, you, you, in fact, we were told by a guy that you have to do the national anthem Sure. You know, and uh, uh, um, before you watch a movie, you know, so so in every space, then you've got these cultures. But uh, because you always feel we have to do something in order to qualify for something. Yeah. But in God's economy, he has done it all. And That's then good. ours now we've got to have it. We have a choice now either to reject or to receive the gift of life that he, he, he gives us. So the way that we then treat, you know, the, the, the people of God, not only uh, does it give them an opportunity to to change, but it also glorifies God. Sure. You know, a Zimbabwean sister, a friend, former colleague, I said to her years ago, hey, how how is God, you know, Pentecostal uh, uh, question, how is God treating you? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and, and, then, and then, and then, and then, exactly, kept yes. by the grace yes. of the Lord. Right, right. And then so, Instead of giving me the, the Christianese type of a response, she looks to me and says, oh, as always, God has always been good to me. And then sure. she asked me a question that no one has ever asked me. She turns it around to me and says, but how are you treating God? Sure. I was like, no one has ever asked me such a question, you know? Sure. <laughs> and then I thought, about, oh, how am I treating God? Uh, 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 God, you know, and then I, I then realize once again that, uh, as I'm, I'm saying, that when we when we show that compassion to people around us, it also glorifies God. So when we are treating uh, God well, it is also expressing how we treat His children. Mm. You've got four kids. I'm gonna have the fourth one coming just now in July. Sure. Yeah. And uh, I can assure everyone listening that anyone that wants to really um, uh, make us happy, you know, it has to do with how they treat our kids, you Absolutely. know, if they treat them with love, automatically they, they, it moves our hearts because these kids I give to us, we appreciate these children, we love them, they are not a, a burden or re, of responsibility whatsoever, but it's a privilege that we enjoy being their father, being uh, fathers to, uh, to them. So, but it glorifies God when we treat uh, his children, uh, his uh, his people, you know, those who are believers and also those who are not believers, treat them 
uh, with value, with love, sure. uh, treating them with dignity, not because they agree with us or like, but you know, just treat them with love because God is not so much interested in our opinion of others as much right. as he's interested in our attitude of others. Sure. So if we've got that attitude of compassion and of celebrating the fact that these people are made in the image of mm -hmm. God, are loved by God, they may not be where God wants them to be at that time, uh, but that's what Jesus um um, uh, uh, he's coming into our lives does, you know, it makes us go beyond ourselves, you know, mm. to want to express the abundance of love that we have with those around us without discrimination, sure. you know, without discrimination, yeah. Sure, that was good, that mm. was power. I mean, I mean that, that, that line you draw or that picture is so beautiful in my mind, I think it captures where we have gone wrong as a faith community. When I say gone wrong, I'm not pointing fingers at any specific faith community when I'm talking about Christians or the church, like the universal church of South Africa, the Catholic church, not the mm. Roman Catholic church, mm. but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but the you. broader yes. yeah. church in, in our context is that, you know, it would, it would seem though that in many stages of, of our evolution, as believers or as we have we've journeyed through the corridors of, of, of history to the contemporary, to the present in South Africa, we have placed opinion above attitude. Yes. You know, we have we have placed our opinion of others to be the arbiter, to be something that that drives our actions. And we forgot that God said, no, no, it's not so much about the opinion that you have, whether I agree or disagree with the opinion. It's about my attitude towards you. That mm -hmm. does my attitude reflect, you know, God, you know, in other words, do I see God's creation in you? Whether I agree with you or not, can I first, the first thing that I see mm. is not where we are different, but the first thing I see is that you and I are created in the image of God. And that's my disposition, attitude towards life. And which mm. I think in many years throughout the centuries, it has been a missed opportunity from the broader Christian community where we have flagged the differences more than we have looked at our attitude towards people who God has created. And that mm. includes people who are culturally different. Yes. And that very uh, point uh, in terms of opinion, hasn't it become a prison for us, sure. even in South Africa? Yeah. Yeah. Before you engage to um, a brother who is of African-speaking culture, yeah. English-speaking culture, uh, by just looking at this Van der Merve guy, and yeah. then my opinion is that this guy is a racist. Yeah. And then uh, that, I'm saying it's a prison for us um, as, as, uh, as South Africans in general, because when we do that, it stops us from getting to know the flip vessels yes, of yeah, our yeah. context, mm. you know, and the tepos, you know, the muniwarinis, the muniwarinis, <laughs> yeah, the many muniwarinis from every cultural context. Yes, yeah. But the moment I have an opinion of this one individual, simply because he is uh, black and then Kosa speaking then I, I have uh, my opinion that I've nurtured of them prevents me to seek to understand who they are. It's amazing when you just sit down 
and you ask the question, Saubona, which sure. means I recognize you, I see you. Then we say, how are you? Now, we say that culturally today uh, as a cliche uh, because most of us don't even want to pause and wait and listen to this person respond how they are mm. at that time. We just say, hello, hi, then you are on your way. You are passing by. So because of being prisoners of our own opinions of each other, we miss the opportunity of knowing where exactly people are at. Mm. Jesus was very skillful in finding out through an open, loving, kind conversation where the Samaritan woman was. Right. And he was able to speak into that level. And then he was able to speak to the Jewish audience at the level they could understand to now take them and introduce them to what they know mm. uh, from talking about the bread to refer to himself i'm that bread of life sure. if you let me in i will not i will i, I, I will nourish you sure. you know i will sustain you because that's what the bread does that's what jesus says i will sustain you you may not need to do this and that now I will be it for you, sure. you know. So as we see, Jesus even asked that questions to say, uh, who do people say I am? Sure. You know, and then uh, he's asking them to say, okay, what is people's opinion of me? Sure. And then some, they say, well, you are the prophet. Some says uh, you are the Messiah or you are this and then you are this, this leader, political, this and this and that. I'm just paraphrasing that. Yeah. But the reality is, um, he then says, who do you say I am? Right. Yep. You know, what is your opinion of me? Because that opinion will then uh, decide uh, how far the conversation goes. Sure. And then Peter says, you, he taps into God's perspective now, the mm. revelation of God in moment. Sure. He says, you are the Christ. Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then Jesus affirms that says, you know, uh, that is right. Uh, um, the, you, what you've just said uh, would not have come to you if it wasn't for the revelation of God to you. But notice, prior that, Peter and the rest had chosen to become apprentices of mm. Jesus, the learners of Jesus. That is the attitude, you know, to have that learner mindset. Sure. And then when we engage in each other's space with the desire just to know, each other. Um, I love um, in, 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 in as part of the city life, people talk about, hey, uh, can I take you out for coffee? Mm. Yeah, I mean, we don't all drink coffees. Some of us drink uh, mango juice, you know. <laughs> but the, 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 uh, that uh, says it's an invitation to a conversation. Sure. But let's get to know each other. So how do you get to know? You ask questions. Right. Do we at this time in South Africa ask questions mm. about um, moving forward to the future that we want where uh, differences are celebrated? Differences do not lead to division, to small little uh, silos, um, you know, villages, township, uh, informal settlement, you know, suburbs. We are in sentient area right now. Um, but, but where we get into a space where we, you, we celebrate these differences as mm. gift from God, and uh, of course they express themselves in a particular way of doing life, uh, driven by the value of seeking to know each other, yeah. and then what have we got to put and to offer, you know, 
uh, on the table mm. as a way of moving the country forward, yeah. not backwards. Yeah. You know, so we then become the the prisoners of yeah. our, our very very own opinion. So, sure. so, 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 um, God is very much interested in our attitude. You know, in our attitude, which is the condition, by the way, uh, um, uh, the, 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 it, it's a condition of one's heart, right. you know, um, uh, that God is interested into, you know, as we, uh, as we relate to others. Then we learn a lot from each other. Mm. I mm. become wiser because of the village that I live in. Young people, older people, black, white, whatever color, pink, yellow. Mm. When I sit in, I feel so rich. Because of the beauty, it's like a bouquet of flowers. You know, you've got your beautiful uh, jasmine and the lilies and uh, and uh, your St. Joseph lilies. It's such a beautiful bouquet. Mm. And then it's like the scent in the room changes. Sure. Because yeah. it's not just a St. Lily, uh, um, St. Joseph's lily uh, alone there, but you bring it together like this. So God is a God of diversity for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and he wants us to be like him. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. Anyway, how did we get here now? No, I beautiful. I'm, I'm getting beautiful, carried beautiful. away. Now, let's keep going. Let's keep going. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm loving it, and I'm gonna as we come to the end of of, of our session. But I, I really love the the whole principle of having a learner mindset. That you're saying we must have a learner mindset. And I'm taken back to your analogy of the cell phone. That when we come to Jesus, we have got to constantly be learning. Mm. And what greater place than to be in a diverse space where there is always something to learn from the other person that you may not have already known already. Mm. And I think so often, most many of us would, we we forget that we are like that cell phone that needs a software upgrade. Mm. And too often we we remain dormant as far as learning is concerned. We don't learn anything. And I think that's when we become blunt. That is when we become irrelevant. That's when we become effective in winning people over to Christ and connecting with people because we get into a space where, you know what, all I need to know, I know what the Bible says. I know what verse one, even the very Bible that we say we know, it is not a dead word. It is a living word. Yes. That in every culture, in every environment, in every generation, it has something to say. You know, and I think when we lose that, we get very dead. And yet we profess Christ and we like, you know, you know, you know what, I don't need to learn about your culture. All I need to do is focus on the kingdom culture and that's it. And in there we have rendered ourselves irrelevant. We have forgotten that we have got to be like that phone that keeps upgrading the software. And that means you're open to learning. Thank you for listening to Context. We pray that today's podcast helps you live your best life for God and that you're encouraged to invite others to do the same. If today's discussion was helpful to you, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast. In doing so, you will help others learn more about living for God in our context. If you would like to get in touch with us, please contact us on the details in the description. Because truly, context is everything.